0: Reasons, the reason why that we're here. Check, check,
1: check. Wait, is this thing on?
2: All right,
0: everybody, welcome to APO, Authorized Personnel Only, Uh, Neil Gimboa, Steve Odama. I want to give a shout out to our two and a half listeners out there. (laughs) Uh, Today we have what I consider a pretty special guest. When Steve and I started talking about this podcast stuff, the person that came to mind was this gentleman sitting right here, Um, logistic issues, timing. Him out there saving the world. Probably didn't want to talk to us, all the other good shit, but we finally got him locked down. Got him in the room, door shut, therapy time. Here we go. Welcome, Robert Joseph Velasquez. And everyone, today is his, well, yesterday was your birthday. Yesterday. Happy 50th birthday. 5 birthday, 0 in yeah. the fucking building. What up, Rob? Thank you
3: guys for having me. Um,
0: thanks for coming. Um, so, here we are. What's up? I see I gotta be next to the mic again. Is this better, Steve O'Donnell?
2: Oh, I like that. I need to stick my little drink.
0: So, a couple things, um, Rob, to keep in the back of your head. Things that uh, Steve and I like to do when it pops up. And I have it written down right there snap off chronicles. So, uh, we talk about something that just like snapped you off, whatever. On a fire, doing some kind of workout, like, dude, I don't think I can
3: keep going. Not
0: like you're gonna die, but like,
3: I'm fucking standing. Like, off. why am I still doing yeah, this? Yeah, gotcha. And <laughs> um, <clears throat> I shit my own
0: hand. <laughs> All right. Basically, sh- <laughs> <laughs> and basically, that's just like you made a decision, and it it's gonna suck, right? But Such you suck, made. But we're gonna do it. But yeah, right. but you made that decision right. knowing no one else made it for right. you fucking shit on here, right all right so uh let's talk about rob velasquez and take us up
3: to being born where are you from all the way up through high school so uh born in orange county uh, st joseph's hospital in the city of orange uh i'm 50 years old yesterday so born in 72 damn
0: with Jesus, um, Jesus
3: and Moses at your party? I'm almost catching up to Mr. Neil Gamboa. <laughs> um, he did IA the freaking burning bush. so <laughs> Put that bitch out. <laughs> uh, I went to a private parochial school uh, in Santa Ana till seventh grade, till they asked me not to go there anymore. <laughs> Public school after that, and I went to Saddleback High School in Santa Ana.
0: How was high school?
3: Different. So. You know my history. Not everybody knows my story. I started selling drugs in junior high school. I wanted to have the cool bike. My parents didn't have the greatest jobs. So I wanted to have the cool bike. So I started selling dope. That was the easy thing to do. Uh, I was probably 12, 13 years old. Started selling playing weed on the corner. Just grew from there. Uh, my first son, Joseph Christopher Velasquez was born uh, when I was 17. So, 17 year old with a 15 year old girlfriend having a kid? Shit, what do you do? Shit just got real. Shit got real. So cement labor was really hard. Um that's what I was doing. Uh I was like, nope. I can make easy money a lot easier, a lot more money a lot easier. Um how did how did you see that? Someone had to introduce you to that or the neighborhood that I grew up in. Where my grandparents the house was four streets up from us. They called it dime street. You could buy a dime of anything you wanted there. I look at old Pop Warner pictures and most of the people on there are either uh, incarcerated doing life or dead. Yeah. And, and for people to know, Rob and I worked together for quite some time.
0: And I'd always hear stories about uh, your grandfather and the barbershop and all that stuff. Right. Tell us about growing up in that environment.
3: So... My grandfather's barbershop, I'm still, I'm happy to say that we went out to dinner last night and my grand, my 97 year old grandfather was there with me, nice. drinking beers with me last <laughs> night. So I, um, I'm fortunate to have that. His barbershop was in the barrio, in one of, in one of the oldest barrios in Santa Ana, appointment only. Uh, he was the bookie, the barber, the everything that a barber is. And you would have, People from the barrio sitting next to city workers, next to Santa Ana police, next to now a US senator, then was a a city councilman. He's a cornerstone of of Santa Ana. So the shop was safe haven for anybody and everybody. A- anybody.
0: It didn't matter yeah, yeah. what your politics were, what your street politics were. Right. Uh right. nothing bad
3: goes down no, here. Generationally. Cool. Um never got robbed. All the places around there got robbed. Uh, Alex's barbershop never got touched. That was whether it was because of family, uh, or just because he took care of people safe haven, no shootings, no stabbings, no beating people up, no nothing. That was basically like a church. Mm -hmm. So, and it was right next to uh, the Santa Ana mission or right down the street from Santa Ana mission. So he took care of people. Uh, If you needed a shower, you could get a shower there um haircuts he'd give free haircuts uh if you're hungry he'd pull out a dime or pull out some money to give you uh food so sound like a business of uh family love not about profit
0: right
2: yeah right
0: i wonder if that exists anymore these days it does for some people
2: it does for some people so here you are junior high taking this path
3: what happens? Do you, do you prosper in this journey? Looking back now, no, I didn't prosper. Back uh, Living in the moment, I thought I was being, being very prosperous because I had a motorcycle and I had cars and I had an apartment. I had a condo and I had duplex and da-da-da-da-da, all the right-now things. But I was always looking over my shoulder, always. Um, looking for the people that are trying to get me for what I've got and looking for the guys that are trying to put me behind bars. Mm -hmm. So again, leaning back on family, I wasn't really worried about people getting me for what I got because I had some, I have some family members that are high up in the political realm of, of, uh, prison gangs, Mm So I wasn't really worried about that. I was always worried about being busted. So. What I have now is much, much more. It's the me. It's for my kids. It's for my wife. As you know, like my kids are everything to me. Like all of us, like I thought I would die for somebody back then or that I was in love with whatever I was in love with back then. No, that 14-year-old daughter that I have at home and that four-year-old daughter at home just changed everything. Like honestly, just to be blunt, like I could take somebody's life if they would put their hands on my daughter's. You know how I am. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, never thought about having kids. And then
0: the last thing, all right, we're having kids. I'm like, fuck, okay. And then to this day, they're irritated. I just want to hug them and kiss them. Right. Right. <laughs> Stop. Right. Daddy oh, loves you. Right. So, yeah, I, I get that. I understand that for sure. So, you make it through. You finish high
3: school. Where are we at? What are we doing? Finish high school. Um, I actually I go to a continuation school, the Teen Mothers, uh, to finish high school. Uh, mm-hmm. because I went to juvenile hall. Um and I've got this new kid, this new baby. Um, so I'm selling drugs. Straight out selling drugs. Faking, putting on a front to my family that I'm working construction or I'm working in a warehouse, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that, but I'm driving high end European cars or <laughs> or big GMC trucks yeah. and buying lavish gifts for my family and got pulled over by my grandmother. Uh, and she was I don't know, I was in my early 20s and she's like me, I know what you're doing. And it's going to kill me when you go to prison because you're going to prison or they're going to kill you. I said, Nobody's going to kill me. she says, yes, the police will kill you. Uh, but I didn't think about that. All I was thinking about was the now. Like mm-hmm. I said, like I said, buying lavish gifts. I, I bought her a, a tag or a Omega. I don't remember what brand watch it was, and I gave it to her for Christmas. And she said, uh, "Mijo, what is so great about this watch?" And I went on and on and on about how many jewels and this and that and the bracelet and da 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 da. And she says, "The tell time different than my Timex." And that kind of stuck with me. It did, and it didn't. At the time it didn't, but obviously now I'm still talking about it. And that was 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Was doing what I was doing uh, worth it? No, not at all. I lost 15, 16 years of my life to the penal system. Not all in one stretch, but I did, I was doing what they call uh, life on short terms. Seen some really bad stuff. um, But fortunately with people like you, George Nunez from with Cal Fire uh, helped me turn my life around uh, and gave me positive vibes and, and were positive role, mo- role models to me and actually put a foot in my ass and said, Hey, stupid, what are you doing? Um, and that made me the man that I am today. Sometimes that's what it takes, is a right. slap in the face, right? right? right. Uh, so here we are. You visited
0: the system a handful of times, sounds like. And now you get into
3: the camps? I get into the camps. Tell got, us about that. Because I've never even talked to you about that. Okay. So, I discharged a number. And discharging a number means I got rid of a, a state prison number. Uh, a month later, um, I got raided and got a new number. <laughs> <laughs> um. Fortunately, uh, my old number, I was considered a, a violent inmate. Got a new number, fresh start, they call it. Um, ended up in the camp system. So I went through PFT and FFT, which is their uh, physical fitness training, and then their firefighter training, which is a little less than like S190, 130 type of stuff. Basically, you're learning 10s and 18s and how to sharpen a tool.
0: Did you get so? How did you get to that program? Do they like, hey, because. Of who you are or non-vibe, I don't know. How do you get
3: the opportunity to go into a camp? Or did you get opportunity? So, opportunity to say, hey, you're going to a camp? So back then it was like, hey, we've got, you have this many points, uh, level two points. Um, would you like to go to a fire camp? Sure. What's fire camp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me out of this joint. Wait, what's fire right. camp? Right. Okay. Right. Because I, I had been in, in some hard spots. I'd been in uh, Old Folsom, I'd been in Ironwood, I'd been in uh, Chino, and i have been in, everywhere I went, I went to administrative segregation yards, or ads the whole. I wasn't a violent criminal, but I was a violent inmate. And only people that have been incarcerated will understand what I mean by that. seen some really, really bad stuff, done some really stupid things then that's stuff that I can't take back that I just have to live with forever. So fast forward, I get rid of that number, get this new number. Do you want to go to fire camp? Yes. I go to Jamestown or Sierra conservation center, which is the reception center for uh, fire camps training center basically. And I sit there for like 16 months and they're like, this guy has an old number and he's an asshole. We gotta sit on him for a while. Anyways, I go through all the training and all that stuff, and I ended up at uh, Fenner Conservation Camp, on San Bernardino unit. Is that over the uh, pear blossom? Pear blossom road yeah.
0: over there. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Some of the absolute worst and absolute best times of my life. I absolutely hate picking up trash on the side of the road. It was demeaning to me. I'm a worker. I, I'm not afraid to work, but picking up trash uh, by the the, uh, popular pl- visited places, the mm. snow lodges, stuff like that. These are just like, and these dudes that I'm with are just like treasure hunting, looking for beers, looking for bottles of booze, uh, half smoked cigarettes. And I'm just like, this is stupid because I'm incarcerated. Yes. But I still have enough wherewithal juice, whatever you want to call it on, on the streets to not have to worry about all that. Mm-hmm. I've got people taking care of my son. I've got people dropping off logs of tobacco and all the stuff you're not supposed to do, I was still doing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. especially at camp. So I wasn't, they call it sniping. I wasn't sniping. I wasn't doing any of that. Um, I was there to work. I was there to do my time. I was there to get out and start slanging dope again. That's, mm-hmm. That was my plan. And I met some people that really turned my life around in a very short time. George Nunez was a brand new captain, came from Yucaipo. He was a paramedic. Uh, he got on the back of the bus and said, act like a fireman. I'll treat you like a fireman. Act like an inmate. I will treat you like an inmate. And he stayed true to his word. Uh, he's currently a unit chief in San Benito, Monterey. Um, and I just saw him a couple weeks ago on a fire in his unit and gave me the biggest hug. You know, just like you and I hug each other, you know, like he really helped me out and he he calls me big head hey big head i'm really i'm really proud of you (laughs) i'm really proud of you uh you should be proud of yourself and i am proud of myself now for where i am now yeah um and i've learned a lot and i try and you've seen me we we went to pilot rock one time to talk to those dudes Uh, and i do peer support for uh, my current employer stuff like that just to help people that might be They might need a kick in the ass or they might need just a hand, uh, get them off the ground, whatever a smile. Hey, how you doing? A a happy birthday, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. I think because I was on the bottom and I I really know I was on the bottom. um, I've made my way up with help of like George, yourself, uh, a few other people. So now I'm doing it for other people or trying to.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the, the, program is massive right Right. and i'm sure the best way i could describe it there's a few diamonds in the rough Mm -hmm. when you see that diamond what it what do you do what can you do how and how are they receptive to
3: you tell them your story is that that, does that inspiring like okay this ain't the end so i don't know if i can really get into this but i'm going to get into it the inmates when i was incarcerated and inmates they are two totally different inmates There was so much politics in the camp system back then. Uh, Just a few years ago, late 18, early 19, uh, they flipped the camp, what they call flipping the camps. uh, So anybody can go to camp now. And with that happening, uh, one certain prison gang is no longer allowed in the camps. If they are, they're they're headhunted. And without getting into too much politics either side, because I'm not trying to get in trouble with work, I'm not trying to get in trouble with... 100%. make people angry on the streets so it's a different inmate but there are guys out there that have succeeded i've had people from uh the camp that i was at prior to from the camp that i'm at now have succeeded they've gone through the ventura program and they work for cal fire now on cool. the cruise is that awesome to me yeah um it, is it a lot easier than what i did yeah there was an internet when i when i paroled there was no internet it was calling around calling schools Hey, do you have this class? Hey, do you have that class? And then running around trying to get those classes up and down the state. Am I proud of my three guys that have gone to Ventura and the one that, that did graduate and works? Hell yeah, I am. I hid my past uh, from a lot of my coworkers up until my current uh, work location. Now I'm like, screw it. Everybody's going to know. I'm not going to hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. But that was like super stressful for me because I didn't want people to know. Um, shorts and flip flops—that's our off-duty uniform, right? Well, I'm at work and I'm in shorts with socks up to my knees, <laughs> like a cholo, you know, because I don't want people to see my tats, and, and I didn't let certain people see me, ever see me without a shirt, just because I didn't want them to judge me, uh, because we're human—we're quick to judge. Oh, look at that piece of shit! Da 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 da. So I didn't want to be judged. I didn't tell CDC any of that stuff, uh, and I quickly found—well, I didn't quickly find out we found out that I couldn't be working in a a camp. It's a misdemeanor to work in a camp without letting the camp commander know that you have a history. And when we told him, he didn't believe me. He thought we were playing some kind of joke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We were like, no, for reals. And I had to tell him something that only an incarcerated person would know. And uh, he's like, are you shitting me? Old corn-fed white dude. Mm Oh, hell. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. Fuck. Well, yeah, it kind of makes sense because these motherfuckers can't get over on you for some reason. And a lot of Cal Fire captains, they just work them. Goddamn fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was funny. Uh, but like I said, there's some people that absolutely I would hide it from. Um, in blue, not in green. Right. Yeah. So, and the inmates pick up on it. Right. They just cap ask you a question. What's up? You ever been busted? No. Why do you say that? Just the lingo. You're not afraid of us. You get up in our face. You talk to us. You Mm -hmm. walk the line. So do I need to be afraid of you? No. You know why I walk the line? Why? To show you that I'm not afraid of you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they picked up on it right away. We have... Some people that are just doing time just trying to get out of there, and then we have people that are forced to be there now, just because of the numbers of the camp yeah. uh, system and then we have some some guys uh like myself who are just hardworking dudes we, I have a couple of vets right now that, for whatever reason, after they they served our nation freaking went about the wrong way and, and ended up incarcerated, that pulls at my heartstrings a little bit, but they need to do their time and i i'm not going to support everybody, but there's there's people that I have tried to support and, and push the right ways or showed them different things. Because um, it's not all about fire. It's the hardest thing uh, for people to realize. It is. It's hard to pay the light bill, pay the gas bill, yeah. pay the water bill, take care of the kids, buy diapers, uh, all that. Because it's easy when you're incarcerated. People don't realize that, but it's easy. Oh, it's hard. We're doing time. Hell no. Your family's doing time. You're missing weddings. You're missing freaking deaths. You're missing shitty diapers. You're missing life. Mm-hmm. It's going away. It's time that you can't get back. And I preach that to some of these guys sometimes.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh, you brought something up with the vet community. And I can't remember. I think it was your nephew, Navy Seal? Yep. How's he doing? Still
3: doing super secret shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell so, I know some stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us you know, what happened? And
3: the reason why I know him is the hotshots try to help out. Yeah. So, his translator, they were in a foreign country. His translator was leading the group. He had a saw, saw, uh, saw, which is a squad automatic weapon. The sling broke, so he was carrying it at a high ready position. Translator stepped on an IED. Uh, evaporated the translator. He took the brunt of it or the, the saw took the brunt of it and hit him in the face. He's up around 40 surgeries right now. Uh, he was offered a training position out of San Diego, Miramar. Um, and he said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm getting back with my team. And they said, well, you need to go to Bud's and everything all over again. And he did it. Uh, nine fingered, big lipped, ugly ass motherfucker did it. So, and he wasn't always that way. He had 10 fingers. He was very handsome. Didn't have big <laughs> lips. <laughs> uh, went from right-handed to
0: left-handed primary shooter, yes, right? Yes, yes. That's, that's sick. That's right. That's like, you know, real deal. Right. Ain't going to give up. What does it take for me to get back in the fight? Right. That's pretty sick. Yeah.
3: Like a lot of us that are in our position, and I'm not comparing us to military at all, but we don't mm-hmm. do it for the badge or the logo or the name on the back of the shirt, you do it for your brother that you're standing next to. Yeah. Whether you're wearing green pants, blue pants, camouflage pants, whatever pants you're wearing. Or a thong. Um, or a thong. <laughs> or thong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. All
0: right. Sorry. I, I, when you said that, it made me think about, and I still remember the picture of your nephew. He had the American bandana when he was under some kind of canopy. So glad to hear he's doing good. Glad he's still doing his thing. Uh, So you're in the camps as a visitor. Now your time is done. Now what? Mm -hmm. You're you're back on
3: the streets as a civilian. Uh, Again, I'll refer back to Nunez. I asked him for a letter of recommendation. And he said, sure, in six months. Oh, that's smart. And I was like, what? I worked my ass off for you. I was kind of hurt by it kind of mad kind of upset i'm just trying to get a job looking back on it now i did the same thing you're out for six months you're working you are taking these classes you're volunteering you're whatever and then i'll give you a letter and that's what i did i started uh at ben clark training center uh with california department of forestry and i got a letter from him six months so, and By then, I was already working for the Forest Service and stuff like that, so I was volunteering and working for the Forest Service, and I met some folks like yourself, and off to the races from there. So, where did you go? Uh, Waterman first? I went to Waterman first, yeah. How long were you at uh, Station 36 Waterman with
0: the Forest Service? Uh, How long were
3: you there? I was there for just over a season, and then I went to the fuels crew. I was there with Reggie Brown. Okay, so you're... You have
0: a good job as a seasonal compared to where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you're having fun.
3: What was fun
0: about being with the Forest Service on an engine? What, what did you
3: like and what did you not like? The work aspect, I liked. We were getting stuff done. Absolutely getting stuff done. Um, but I was on an engine. And I didn't know we weren't really getting shit done until I got to a crew. To the first hotshot crew in the nation, Del Rosa Hotshots. Um, throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we were really getting shit done. Uh, even on the fuels crew, um, I felt like we were doing more. But fortunately, at 36 Waterman, uh, I had Reggie Brown, who was a Del Rosa Hotshot. He's a Del Rosa alum. And he gave us a lot of freedoms. It was PT in the morning, some kind of cardiovascular. Uh, endurance training whether it's running hiking and then uh, till noon uh, myself and my partner uh, Mr. Cody Smith also an Ontario uh, fireman needle fairy or was a needle fairy I don't know if he still is needle fairy translates to paramedic (laughs) Um. Steve (laughs) (laughs) anyways he and I uh, lifted weights and he's probably I don't know 15 years, my junior. Uh, so he pushed me. He didn't know it, but he was pushing me. And we were, we were showing each other some stuff. I also learned to play volleyball there by uh, Mrs. Nicole uh, Barrero. She wasn't Barrero then. She they don't Flores. mess that up. Dave, they don't listen to it. She was Flores. Uh, and <laughs> she'd be hucking volleyballs at me and Cody and calling us pussies and all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> so I, I learned to love... The Forest Service family, like right away. Uh, Maybe it was something that I was missing in my life or something that I was replacing in my life. I don't know what it was. Um, But to this day, when I have real issues or real problems, I call you or I call Dave or I call other people um, from the Forest Service uh, before I call my other brethren. It is what it is. That's just where I am at with, with my life and my relationships. Hey, what do you think about this? Or hey. Have you ever ran into this? Like, I consider uh, the Forest Service and more so Darrell's Hot Shots uh, my family, and I'm sure a lot of people that have gone through there uh, feel the same. And I'm sure there's some that that absolutely hated hated it, hated their time there, um, and that's more power to them. Um, for me, it was a great, great, great part of my life. The soup from Reading Hotshots in Palomar. I was just working with them last week on a sectional line on the Oak Fire. And they asked, Would you ever come back? And I said, In a heartbeat, if benefits got better and we went portal portal, I would go back to the core service. Some people were upset because we were at briefing in the morning, a divisional breakout. People looked at me like I was a crazy fool, but that's where I am. It was an interesting story.
2: Uh, we were in a, in a meeting at work, and we had
0: a peer support guy, and he asked the question, what is the hardest decision, what's the most stressful decision you've ever made? And I raised my hand, and I said-
3: Leaving the Rose Hot Shots. Leaving a 20-year
0: career right. to start all over. All right. And he said, what do you, where'd you work in? I said, U.S. Forest Service, Don't roll the Rose Hot Shots. And I said, best job I ever had. All right. You would have thought I took everyone's baby and threw them out the window. Right. They were so triggered- so triggered. And they said, second the best job you ever had? I said, no. No. Oh, best, best job, best job I ever had. Best job. I left right. it for my family. And, right. and Ontario has it's it's my family. They've been great to me.
3: Right.
0: I spent a lot of years with Del Rosa. Right. My blood's in that, right. you know. Right. And no one could take that away from right. me. But uh, some people it's it's hard for some people to really grasp. So what made you decide to try to go to Del Rosa?
3: Reggie Brown. <laughs>
0: AKA platinum. Platinum. Exactly. Platinum
3: exactly. Uh he pushed me. Um and then when I got the apprenticeship, uh, I went over there and I don't remember if you were on the porch or not. But Thomas Ellie put his hand over my shoulder and told Reggie, Hey, he's not going back. Um, I was like, Uh, I don't have a choice in this. I thought I was only here for for a season. Uh, But yeah. Labor of love. Um, I think the best times that I had with Darosa was at the end of a day when we're spiked out. And everybody's just talking shit to each other because they got their shit pushed in. (laughs) And whether we're eating MREs or we're just kicking it around the fire trying to build a hooch, whatever it is, those are the best times of my life. Um, I still see uh, Heidi Lee Esch up in the Inyo, go up and give her a hug and get all kinds of dirty looks from the Inyo Hot Shots, because I'm a Cal Fire guy. Um, but that's still my sister. I and mean, she's my sister before she was mm-hmm. Um, So it's that kind of brotherhood. Uh, S390, like, Gonna get in a fight with an instructor because he's talking shit on one of my crew members. Like, they had to get me by the arm and take me outside there on, at headquarters because uh, he was talking shit on one of our girls. Oh. You're not gonna talk shit on my crew members.
0: Um, how long were you with Del Rosa? Not very long. What? Seven, eight seasons. So, like, you're you're not a traditional old school seasonal where you work six and then you're off. You you worked on the Rosa in the summer, then you were part of fuels fuel, school, fuel mm-hmm. program. So that's seven eight years, right. Right? right? That's a long time. That's me personally. I'm not in that community anymore, right? But I've been a part of that community, so it's fair for me to to speak on that. I consider a long term uh, someone to me who's a hot shot is someone who has been there for like at least five years, right? The first year, you survive because you have no fucking right. clue. Right. Second year, you're kind of figuring it out. Third year, you know what's going on. You know all the bullshit you're going to have to do. And you know it's going to suck, but you're still there because you love it. Then, you, to me, you start to become a hot shot. And that's why, like, uh, at that time, I had changed the rules, you know, three years before you get a belt buckle. Right. Not, here you go. Right. Nah, my fuck, you got to earn that shit. Right. You got to prove it
3: to us. Right. So, like, for me, I-, I wear my buckle every day. Work to work. Uh, actually, when I went over to my current employer, I was sewing a Del Rosa patch on the inside of my pack. And my wife told me, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> you told me that
2: story.
3: <laughs> I said, this is where my heart is. And she's like, you can't do that. I said, watch. She's like, babe, think about this. What if somebody showed up to Del Rosa with a Cal Fire patch in their pack? I said I'd rip it off. Yeah, we lose our shit.
0: <laughs> we go ape shit on
3: that. I get it. Your, your wife's pretty smart. Um, so, yeah, that's... I mean, my heart is there. I've taken my crews there to hike. I've taken new, new captains there to train there. I almost killed one a while back on dead air, meatball dead air. My guys got to the top uh, at the flagpole, and there's weeds around, around the uh, base there. And... They ask if they can clean it for me, and I said, No, this is my job. And got my sweaty shirt and I cleaned the little freaking plaque that we have up there, picked the weeds by hand. And a few of them were like, What are you doing? Why can't we help? And I explained to them, This is this is mine. This I have heart right here. And they're like, A couple weeks later, one of them came up to me, like, Cap, that shit meant a lot to you, huh? I'm like, Yeah, they saved my life. And they're like, how can I be a part of that? You got to change. You got to change on the inside. Okay. So, yeah. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's,
0: you're, you're not going to be rich. You're not going to be on the news. No <laughs> one's going to know what the fuck you did. You're not going to be monetarily rich. Yeah. Yeah. And in in, in for, that's like the simplest answer, right? you know, but you're going to do your job. You're going to get snapped off. You're going to ride off onto the sunset and fucking soup, whoever he may be, because we've all been a part of it. All he's right. going to find something else for us to do. We never get a fucking break. And I fucking hate that guy. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what I do as a striking <laughs> meter now. <laughs> so, all right. So here we are. You're doing your, you're doing your hot shot thing. Um, we've been working together quite, for quite some time. Unknowns to Neil Gamboa, you're making some moves to, to do something else. To move on. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, that thought process, that decision. And then as you left, like,
3: holy fuck. So taking classes, taking classes, taking classes all the time. NWCG classes, uh, state fire marshal classes, just whatever I could. That's why I volunteered for so long because you get free classes as a volunteer. Uh, there isn't even a volunteer program anymore. Back then, there was a volunteer program. I wanted the... I wouldn't say the glamor, but I would say the, the medical for my wife. I mean, you know, Marissa's a decade younger than me. So, um, she's going to need medical and, and then the kids obviously, uh, and the retirement. So I was taking classes. Um, I don't feel like I kept it a secret current superintendent. I'm going to throw his ass under the bus right now. Mr. David, Barrera. knew that I was taking classes and he knew like a year out, Hey, I applied um i've been applying to engineer jobs this and that wasn't getting a call wasn't getting a call and then i got a call and i remember i was on the 91 freeway coming back from orange county and i almost talked myself out of the job and marissa was like what are you doing i'm like i can't leave my family and she's like you've been driving me nuts with this for <laughs> years at least try it out and Obviously, I, I accepted the job, and it was the hardest decision I made. I was an established hotshot. I still believe that I I am a hotshot. Can't hike, and I've gained twenty pounds, but <laughs> uh, my work ethic and uh, integrity are are still intact. Anyways, I made that decision, and it was a very very hard decision. Leaving a full time job for a temporary job earning minimum wage was the hardest decision like i'm leaving my brothers how am i gonna freaking pay my mortgage my car payment feed my kids those those little life suckers man i did it my first week uh at the fire station i was at didn't have the best Didn't have the best uh, thing going with the captain there. He's a yeller, screamer. And I went home and I said, fuck this place. I'm going back to DR. And my wife was like, babe, they already probably filled your spot. I said, I don't care. I'll be the chalk bitch. (laughs) (sighs) And she says, well, you're going to finish pay period and then go back. So... I asked if I could borrow my testicles, uh, to get her, my testicles out of her purse and did. And went back to work and the dude that I was working for, just, he was a yellow screamer. He's yelling and screaming on his phone and gets off the phone. He's like, do you have kids? Yeah, man, that was my nine year old daughter. And I was just like, what the fuck? So I just realized that's just the way that this dude communicated. Anyways, uh, fast forward a little bit, um, fighting a fire. I'm on the knob, get the fuck up the hill. I need that hose because there's some guys jawjacking down at the toe of the slope. A couple weeks later, I get an envelope from the battalion chief. Here you go. Uh, I'm in an investigation, an EEO investigation.
0: Oh, because you're fucking huffing and puffing with the guys not yes. putting in work?
3: Yes. And, you know, as well as I do where we came from, if we have a problem with each other, we handle it like men have a beer after work and call it good. So I was very surprised by that. I was like, what the fuck did I do? Where did I come? Fuck. What did I do? Anyways, got clear to that because they failed to tell the investigator that it was on a fire and whatever. Later on another investigation for the yelling captain, uh, I was brought in as a witness and I was just like, Oh my goodness, what are we doing? What's going on here? And it's just our fire service is changing and evolving kinder, gentler. So I've had to change and evolve, and not necessarily become kinder and gentler, but I just have to watch my mouth. Yeah, you got to navigate those waters. Na- navigate the waters, yes, hundred percent, yes,
0: hundred percent. I,
3: I, I've often told guys that
0: the Husha community is the last place, and I'm not speaking for the, the hot shot. I'm You know, I'm speaking for Neil Gambo and I don't getting in trouble, But it's the last place where you can lean over and say, "Dude, you're fucking up. Right. Figure it out, or you're right. fucking gone." Right. Do you understand me? Right. And it's either. Yes, sir. Or fuck, uh, I don't want to be here. Okay, you know, Uh, other places (laughs) you can't talk to me like that. (gasps) I'll call my mom on speed dial. So, uh, cool. Uh, From the outside looking in, you have you have a very special, close relationship with Mister Burrow At that time, you were a squad boss, Mm -hmm. captain. Talk to us about that. Uh, I I think the three of us: Dave, me, you. We have a, we have a close relationship. I think you're, I know your guys is closer because you guys. We're are always, a team. In
3: the, we're always in the buggy together. I'm going to make me attractive. I stayed, I stayed in his pocket. I met his beautiful wife. Obviously I worked for her. She was my senior fireman, firefighter. And I just stayed in his pocket after, after that. And I remember going on a run with him to brick house or one of those stupid hellish runs and hey i need and i was on the fuel screw and i said hey i need to stay in your pocket teach me everything you know um he said something smart i don't remember what it was like you're, you're never gonna know everything i know or some bullshit. uh but we just hit it off um so yeah and from he was my squatty uh and i was his sawyer and then I just basically followed him up the ladder. Unfortunately, I would have loved to have worked for him as a superintendent, but I was able to work for him as a supervisor anyway, as a captain. The dude never got mad. I think I saw him mad a handful of times, and fucking scary when he's mad. Because he's always smiling, laughing, having a good time, until he's not. Um, like, jump through the boot, into the back of the buggy, mad. Like, Oh fuck, this fucking Pacific Islander, whatever mixed fucking mutt he is, is fucking angry right now. What did we do? I've seen Dave
0: mad, but probably not the level that you have, because you guys were in the same buggy all the time, dealing with all those retards. Probably shouldn't have said that. Whatever. When I think of Dave, he, you <laughs> <he> should be. <laughs> Even uh, whether he won the lottery or got shot 10 times, eh, well, you know, I'm right. rich or. I'm gonna die here in about five minutes not a big deal just tell my wife all over and kids peace out you know I've never seen him break that and, and the guy right. guys he's legit so so you leave you go to cal Fire, and you like holy crap things begin to work out for you finish continue on this
1: this cal Fire journey <clears throat> hey, i I gotta interrupt the story though you know where we hard together uh
3: the first strike team <laughs> he's asking for another drink that's right like my right drink. Give me my shit.
1: Steve, you better fucking calm the fuck down, right? <laughs> so this is this is kind of how Snapped Off Chronicles started. It's because of this story. Because <laughs> of this story, dude. So that strike team, we were down the um, the border fire, San Diego. Yep. So like 115. Yep. All, right. all of us, this is my first season, all of us were just dying, getting up right. that hill. You were double packed up, or you had one pack on, but you were ahead of the hose leg because you were moving that fast. Right. And there was obviously no fire. It was just hot. I remember looking up, thinking I was doing okay. And I look up and I see you up there. I'm like, God damn it. What is he doing up there? Because you were so far ahead of us because you were moving so fast. And I tried to keep up with you. All right. And I ran out of water. And I, I thought for sure. I was like, this is it. I'm going down. This is right. how I go down.
3: And they sat everybody down. I remember that. And they yeah. sat everybody down. And one of the captains me, one of the captains was telling me that I needed to sit down. And I was like, Yeah, no. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm good. Um, I remember that. Yeah.
1: That's and see, fun. like look me I mean. like looking in and looking at you from the outside, I you never would have known that. Uh, that you had all this experience. I I didn't know that. Right. Uh, You were humble about it, but your demeanor showed that. Right. So that was cool.
3: So I knew my place. Um, There's a division chief uh, on the unit now. He was a battalion chief. Um, When I promoted from fireman to captain, uh, he called me and he's like, hey, dude, why didn't you tell me you was a captain? (laughs) Uh, and I probably just said his name by not saying his name uh do do anyways, uh, yeah, it wasn't my place i I knew my place uh, and I learned that you been humbled a thousand times on a hundred fires, you know it'll kill you whether the fire gets you, a tree gets you uh. Exertion, overexertion gets you, whatever it, it can get you and it'll humble you. Oh, I can get up there. Well, yeah, I can still get up there. It just takes me longer and it takes me a lot longer to recover now. Can we do it? Yeah, we can do it. I remember being in Washington and somebody asked Dave Barrero, uh, oh, what's, yeah. what's deemed undoable? How steep is too steep, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, what's deemed undoable? Well, we were established in 1946 and we haven't found that yet was the answer that he got Turn down protocols. Yeah, I've turned down some assignments lately, uh, but I don't turn them down flat out. I give alternatives. Why am I going to put a whole division in harm's way if we can, by going down a ridge, if we can skirt this ridge or walk in another way from the bottom and work our way up. Yes, it's going to be more time consuming and it's not going to be as glorious, but it's going to keep all my guys safe. Um, so, and I tell them, I don't give a shit what color your pants are. If they're orange, green, yellow, white, blue, purple, you showed up with nine fingers and 11 toes Freaking, I'm going to send you home with nine fingers and 11 toes and people appreciate that. Treat them like men, uh, no matter what they are until they don't act like men. And then I've also had discussions with branches about doing stupid stuff. I talk to everybody the same way all the time. Uh, except for my daughters, those little girls got me. Uh, I think one of my favorite memories,
0: I can't remember the fire, but it it was one of the fires that obviously I always put my foot in my mouth, but there was a night shift and it was a municipal strike team, type threes. I'm like, Hey, I need you guys to put this, put this hose lay in. I got this and come back the next night and they didn't do shit. And it's fucking creeping along. All you had to do was put this hose lay in and keep it at bay. (laughs) And the rest of the crew is going into spike camp. Right. And I'm just like, fuck it, dudes. They're not going to help us. We're supposed to do what we do. We do it ourselves again. And it's me, Rob, and David Burrell doing a fucking three-man hose lay, dude. And we probably spent a couple hours just trying to fucking do it. And all the Asian fuckers the road watching yes. us they're not bringing hosts to us they're not doing shit watching they're, us oh god i was so i was so mad that they didn't engage but i was so proud that we were fucking getting it done right and we went as far as we could i think we made it to the to the, to the bottom where the river the little creek was and we pulled out and i asked, can you guys fucking at least keep it at bay we did all the hard
3: work and then it, it crossed the line
0: because they you know, went down there so when you hear me get frustrated.
3: The, the guys, I remember that because the guys were back uh, setting up camp, eating, doing whatever, but they're listening to us on the radio. <laughs> and they just, they said, man, it sounded like you guys were at war. And there was like <laughs> three of you guys. It was fun. We it was fun. The, and those are, yeah. those are the great times. They're just talking shit. Get back, you talk about his hammer toe or freaking, <laughs> you know, whatever. Those are the best times. Crap. Oh, that, <laughs> that was my- that was my
0: snap off chronicle right, one right there.
3: Right. Or all right. The coldest I've ever been is on the Sheep Fire on the Angeles, you know. And we've been all over the nation, but stupid Sheep Fire, we Angeles. That? Okay, I'll say that's the coldest. But remember that time
0: we were cutting line in the snow, and someone was reading a book it's supposed <laughs> to be our lookout. I'm so smart. Does anyone have a book to read? Books. And it's but he could he couldn't be a lookout, Steve, because. It was fucking pure whiteout.
3: Whiteout. And he's it, in like a the lookout position. And we're
0: cutting out with our hands because it's just,
3: you know, trying to get down the yeah. bell. But anyway.
0: Okay. I had a good old days. So you're doing your thing. Um, you're with Cal Fire, uh, Cal Fire now, foreman, captain. What's, what's Rob's future?
3: Uh, I'm currently on the promotional uh, list i passed the promotional exam so i'm just i was away from home for six years so i'm not trying to be away from home again my wife strangle me um and then little four-year-old that's my little partner right now so i'm very picky about what i even apply to so uh, i'm cool with where i'm at uh i'll probably be going to headquarters here pretty soon In the near future maybe promote maybe not i want to have the house paid off within the next five years Damn. Um, yeah, that's that Gamboa life. <laughs> I'm behind you it's now, um, it's the rock bro- life, broccoli and mustard sandwiches. <laughs> I forgot about the broccoli. <laughs> 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 um, Shit. and paying the house off in five years is a lofty goal, especially when we get surprises like we get every day in life, everybody gets in, in life. I work for a reason, and, and I don't want to leave debt when I leave this beautiful earth. Um, I don't want to leave debt to my wife and kids. I want to leave them something.
2: All right.
0: Uh, so, you're 50 years old one day. How are you feeling? I feel good
3: because there's not a lot of 50-year-olds that are in the shape that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not running six-minute miles anymore, I'll tell you that. But, Me neither. Well, I never uh. ran 6 I feel good. I go to the gym four or five times a week. I don't hike and run as much as I used to, but I can still lead the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I can still break off guys that are half my age, so that's cool. <laughs> well, we always we, we say Frank Esposito had that old man strength, right? Yeah. Uh, well, my son Joseph says I have old man and retard strength. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so tell it, and I had I heard this dude a grapevine. Uh, one of your sons is now a municipal fireman. Tell us about that, dude. Are you like just crazy stoked for that?
3: So he worked for the forest service, obviously with us, um, not with us on the crew, but at, at the tanker base and then at 33, and then he came over to Cal Fire, he worked for Cal Fire for a little while, got a fire two job in Highland, and then recently left to Montana. His girls, family and them are out there and. He got a job at a municipal department out there. And yeah, I'm super stoked for him. They have a big old house and I'm waiting on grandkids. I've been waiting on grandkids for like five years. In fact, when uh Allie was born, my baby was born, I was like, Cool, I'm gonna be a grandson pretty soon or a grandfather pretty soon. Yeah, Mercy called me and was like, Hey, stupid, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. All right, cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, I'm waiting on grandkids. He's doing very, very well um, for himself. And I'm glad that he was able to get out in a way because I think my past, my fire past, is kind of a hindrance on him. You mean like he, he became his own man? Yes. Okay. Yes. He did it on his own. He went, went out and, and scouted the job, applied, got through the academy, all that, all on his own. Nobody knows Rob Velasquez in Montana.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm not saying that Rob Velasquez got him a job or anything here, but everywhere you turn, hey, what's your dad doing? Hey, how's your dad? Hey, fuck my dad. You know, <laughs> you know what I
2: mean? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Uh, fuck that puto. <laughs> um, <laughs> that
1: would
3: bug the hell out of me. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I've got Two teenage kids, like I told you guys earlier, they're dual immersed. My wife has them freaking like hostages just going to school all the time. And then my 14-year-old is a explorer for our municipal uh, police department here as well. Cool. And I'm very, very proud of her. Very nice. Scared, uh, but trying to be a supportive parent. Yes. Yeah. Because of the world we live in right now, uh, people are assholes. I think we should all have open carry laws. It's my opinion only um so yeah
0: well i'll give you my opinion i don't know if i want everyone carrying a gun because i have a right to carry a gun and i don't train as much as i should right you know right Fucking joe blow i got three guns i use them all the time i carry right. them with me What right. did you i said fucking i want some cream in my coffee bam bam, right. bam. you know what right. i suggest yeah it's a certain degree I agree with that.
3: Well, like what happened in Norco the other day, I'm totally happy with that.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Totally happy with so that. You got what you fucking yeah. deserve.
3: He shot My arm arm you, off. Yeah, you motherfucker. Got a, you you got walked all in.
0: Easy Playboy. Right. You know, and right. then listen, I saw an interview this morning on news. The guy his his essay was up. Camera right. suit it wasn't like that dude walked in and he was like, Oh snap, he saw it from the outside on his yeah. camera saying, like, Okay, waiting. It's go time. Right. Right. Uh, Steve, what else we got? So we had uh
3: talk, okay. um,
0: shit in my own
2: hand. Give me,
0: give me Yeah, we gotta about.
3: we gotta talk about shitting in your own hand. Shitting in my own hand. Uh making the decision to sell dope. I shit in my own hand. A lot. A lot. For years. I shit in my own hand. I made my own bed. I had to lay in it. That's what I've got on that one.
0: That's probably the best one. That's 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 real, right? Yeah, that's 100%, 100%. the consequences of that is real right. versus whatever bullshit yeah. I said, you know. Right.
3: Yeah. That was my decision. Nobody forced me to do that. Nobody forced me to do anything in life that I didn't consciously make the choice to do. I've lived with that and I've dealt with that. And I'm currently mm-hmm. working to get a governor's pardon, um, uh, with Royal Ramey from FFRP, which is a, a firefighter, or it's an incarcerated person's, uh like our Ventura program, the Cal yeah. fire has yeah. uh, something like that. Good. So, whether it happens or not, whatever. But I know where I'm at in life now. I'm tax paying, voter, uh, American, American father, homeowner, all that good stuff. So, husband, Marissa,
0: what's up out there, girl?
3: <clears throat> I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> Hope things are good.
0: So sometimes I, you know, I'll spend a little bit time with my wife, and we'll we'll sit back and you know, you, you don't. I, my life is not the same as yours, but. I'm proud of my accomplishments and some of right. the things I came through. Have you guys had that moment? Like the journey isn't over, but you're just like, ah, oh, man, we're, we're doing some good things now. The past is the past. We've learned from that. But man, I'm, I'm proud, you know, and my wife's my battle buddy. and we're, we're making these decisions. We're doing good things. And like, it feels good
3: knowing, I could, knowing that I could die tomorrow. Right. So for me, almost every day, I come home and- I've got a baby and a dog and some teens, obviously my beautiful wife. I've made it, you know, uh, with your help, with other people's help. Uh, like I've said a few times, maybe it was a kick in the ass, but I've made it. And there's a lot of times like, I don't have any debt. I have mortgage debt and that's it. Mm-hmm. I did it. We did it, babe. Yeah. With my in-laws help because my in-laws were a huge help. Like where am I going next? Where Where am I going? Where? I need a bigger house. I need a better neighborhood. I need, uh, just for my kid's future, but I'm planning that with our other houses, like go, go, go now. But now I'm planning I'm more settled. I'm a better thinker. I'm not quick drama anymore. Um, I still get pissed off really fast, but when it comes to big, huge decisions and and, and life planning, like, yeah, I'm, I'm on it now. And we make decisions together. She grounds me. Hey, stupid.
0: (laughs) So we don't have a lot of listeners, probably one from what, two and a half now to one. So let's just say that we have a bunch of listeners. What would you say to people out there that are going through some challenges? Like, man, you know, I can't, I can't get ahead. Whether they're blaming on themselves, blaming on somebody else. What can you say to them? It's like. It ain't overdue, or do that, whatever.
3: What's your, what's your encouragement? There's always somebody that relies on you. Fight for them. If you're not gonna fight for yourself, fight for them. Nobody cares, work harder. Nobody cares, work harder. I have my own. so I'm a peer supporter, but I have my own thoughts about uh, suicide. Um, I'm not gonna get into it right now because it'll hurt some people's feelings. Um, get up, get up and fight. Fight, 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 fight. Probably the hardest fight you're ever going to have, but it's going to be with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror forever, probably for just till a couple of years ago, I had on a whiteboard a little saying that I looked at every single day. Nobody cares. You have people to prove wrong. Prove them wrong. They hate you. And whether they hate me or not, look at me now, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, cool. Uh, Rob
0: Joseph Velasquez, aka on the Hotshot side, Pops.
3: Yeah, that's what's his name. Yeah, um, that's funny because I was just on a fire in, in Blue Cut, and Pops, my kid, he's like, "Hey, Pops, not not Joseph, yeah. but, Pops, what are you doing? Come here, give him a hug." And then all these Forest Service dudes are like, "Rob, Rob, Rob, <laughs> Rob," and Burrow, stop Standing at the top of this freaking steep ass piece, he's like, Come on, fat boy. And I was
2: like, ah, I don't throwing to go up there.
3: Oh, so well shit. Uh,
0: I really appreciate you coming out again. You were first to thought when Steve and I yep. talked about this. Top of the list, so, man. Such an incredible thanks. Story. thanks for
1: having me. Oh, dude, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Seriously. Uh Steve's a technical guy. He'll do all that nerd okay. shit.
3: Um, mm-hmm. just if people do need to talk or want to talk one on one to me, or just need to get stuff off their chest? You guys have my contact information. Give it to them. Twenty four hours, my personal phone number. Um, Twenty four hours. I'll take anybody's call if they need a hand. that's um, okay. cool. I like that. I, don't I thought
1: you should throw out a hashtag. No big
3: head. <laughs> no, and I don't have any. I don't have any social media. Uh, but my phone is always on for folks that need help, whether whatever it is. They just need to talk. Um, uh, we can go lift weights, we can go to my gym and freaking roll. Um that's Are you on a little bit.
2: Are you ready? Where at?
3: Let's talk offline dude. Of okay.
0: Um I mean I'm barely holding on with duct tape and talking MRM bubble gum, but I thought about doing some of that stuff to get the kids into it. All right.